The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, welcome to another edition of Health Kick. I'm Tim Boren. Today we're talking about cancer diagnostics. Uh, in other words, uh, better ways to detect tumours uh, quickly and, and, and more uh, efficiently. I've got with me today Carl Stubbings, who's the CEO of the ASX-listed Siena Diagnostics. Uh, Siena is focused on developing tests for Uh, so-called liquid biopsies, which in effect means diagnosing blood and urine samples for the biomarkers that that might indicate the uh, presence of of cancer. Uh, Biomarkers, of course, are are, are natural agents or molecules that indicate the presence uh, of a uh, disease generally. Uh, Sienna's first product is aimed at uh, detecting uh, a common biomarker called HTERT, as evident in uh, bladder cancers. Uh, and a lot of uh, breast cancers uh, as well. And the company's also developing a kit that kind of cleans up uh, liquid samples uh, ahead of uh, analysis to uh, enable uh, a, a, a cleaner analysis. Carl himself was Sienna's non-executive director or a Sienna non-executive director, uh, but he took over the top job in October last year. So, so just to start, Carl, can, can you t- talk me through your, your history, uh, your, your professional history a bit? Uh, thanks, Tim. And a little sort of brief history about myself. I, uh, I have spent most of my working career in the medical diagnostic space, and that, that is in the commercialisation of, of tests that are used to assist clinicians in diagnosing disease, principally in, in the pathology environment. I was doing that work in the United States for about 13 years, and the last five of them was working for a, one of the biggest pathology providers in the world, and that's a company called Quest Diagnostics. And in that role, I, I worked for a subsidiary of Quest called Focus Diagnostics, which specialised in, in developing, commercialising tests for infectious diseases. I led the sales and marketing team in that organisation at the time when H1N1 virus hit the United States and our organisation had a, a molecular test available as a laboratory-developed test within five days of the CDC releasing the virus a sequence. So it was a very slick operation. It worked extraordinarily well and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But after living in the US for 13 years, one day my wife said, um, I'm going back to Australia. You can come if you want to. So... I wanted to, so we ultimately moved back to Australia and I worked then with uh, Dr. Peter French at Benetech Biopharma, which was a gene therapy company, and so that was my first foray into the therapeutic space. And after about five years there, I started working on my own as a consultant assisting, bi- I'm going to say biotech companies, but but it's really health life science companies in Australia who who sometimes struggle to find the right level of commercial experience to, to assist them. So I was able to work with three or four of them, and Sienna is one of them. And that ultimately led me to, to my role now at Siena, uh, leading that organisation. So I've had 
I've been saying for the last 20 years that I've been working in the industry for 20 years, so that ought to give you some sense of how old I am. <laughs> okay, well, I won't, uh, I, I won't uh, inquire any further. Uh, and, and look, in, in terms of Sienna, like I say, they're in, in vitro tests. What is Sienna, in effect, doing what the current diagnosis methods can't? If we talk about where you talked first of all about the HT test, which is essentially a, a monoclonal antibody that identifies a marker, in this case, in bladder cancer. So just it's worthwhile spending a second or two talking about that. In, in the clinical use of an identification of bladder cancer, the first port of call is usually patient presents with blood in the urine, hematuria. Most primary care physicians will take a urine sample they will send that to the laboratory. Laboratory will centrifuge it and make a, a smear, if you like, out of the sediment and stain it with the same stain that we used on um, uh, cervical smears for pap smears. And essentially then a pathologist or a cytologist looks at that uh, under the microscope and attempts to determine if they see abnormal cells or not. And those abnormal cells are early indications of cancer. So roughly speaking, about half of the samples that are examined are resolved into either cancer or no cancer. The problem is about half of them aren't. So half of them, the cytologist can't, or pathologist can't really make a definitive diagnosis. So they call it equivocal, they're not sure. This is where HTERT comes in. It's what we call a reflex test in the pathology space. So. Those tests that were equivocal, they can retest the sample, and the great part is the labs still got the sample, and that HTA test then helps resolve about 50 or 60% of those that were un previously unresolvable. So that's where it fits in in terms of what I call clinical utility. So that sort of led Sienna into the cancer diagnostic space. Back in May... Uh, we acquired the assets of a company in the US called Sevident. Sevident have a, a technology platform that we call a molecular net. And you've talked before about liquid biopsies, which is one of the new emerging areas in medical technology and diagnostics. One of the problems with trying to analyse these markers is frequently they're in very, very low concentrations and often mixed in with a lot of other interfering material. So you need to be able to, if you like, enrich or concentrate the sample for the particular marker you're looking for. And that's what the molecular net that we call CNNet is able to do. And our first embodiment of that, our first version, if you like, we call ExoNet. And ExoNet as the name suggests, is designed to specifically capture and concentrate exosomes. Exosomes are these little vesicles that get sloughed off cells in the human body. And they are actually like a, a window into what's going on in the cell. And of course, in the case of cancer cells, they're a window into what's going on in the cancer cells. So our Exonet platform is able to enrich a patient's sample, a bit of blood, urine, or some of the other unmentionables, and enrich it and concentrate it for exosomes, and then you can undertake analysis of those exosomes. And that exosome space is, is I believe I put in one of my recent releases, it's growing at a huge rate. It's The total market for exosomes is something north of $2 billion. So it's a, it's a big 
place we're playing in. And the Siena platform has the potential to be a key enabling piece of technology in this new exciting space. Okay. So it sounds like the acquired part, the, uh, the Sevident part, um, which is all about the exosomes, it sounds like that might sort of be a, end up being a, a bigger part of the Siena business. I think that's absolutely right. And now you, we used the experience we gained with commercialising HTERT as a, an example of what we know what we're doing, we did it with this, and now we know those locations where we can potentially uh, bring the CNET technology to bear on these new and emerging areas. And I, I think back in November, we made two announcements about collaborations specifically around that platform. One of them was with a, another Australian company called Monomic International. Monomic has developed a prostate cancer test, but they also have a, a marker that we've talked about, which is called GPC-1, which is potentially in exosomes. We concentrate the exosome using our platform and then we analyse for the presence of this GPC-1 and it looks like this is a very powerful marker for pancreatic cancer. And pancreatic cancer is a real problem. By the time you turn up at the clinician with the symptoms of pancreatic cancer, you will probably be lucky to, to live more than 12 months. Well, my understanding is it's one of the, it's one of the most fatal cancers. Uh. Yeah, in the United States, you diagnose, they diagnose about 50,000 people a year with pancreatic cancer and 49,000 die. It's horrible. And there's, mm, there's really yeah. nothing. So this is an example where a potential laboratory test could really make a difference in early diagnosis. Because if you catch pancreatic cancer early enough, clearly you can treat it and the outcomes get much better. So that's that was one uh, one particular collaboration we announced and we're really excited about how that's progressing. The other one was with a company in Melbourne called Vivasome and Vivasome is developing a therapeutic approach using exosomes to uh, develop a therapy for a disease called critical limb ischemia. Uh, and it's, it's a horrible disease and, and people ultimately finish up with amputations and so forth. So if they're able to build a, a therapy and it's based around exosomes, then, you know, that'll be a real game changer for people with that disease. Our technology comes in, in this case, in its ability to help Vivazome concentrate the particular exosomes they're looking for. And one of the beauties of the CNNet platform is its ability to be scaled up to large quantities for manufacturing purposes or smaller ones, perhaps just for diagnosing tests. Yeah, okay, great. And Carl, just stepping back a bit, can you just sort of summarise where the company's at in terms of commercialisation? In other words, what you're selling now and um, where you're selling? Sure. So we the, the HTERT test is currently being sold in the United States through a, a distribution partner that we've had for a, a couple of years, StatLab. Uh, we continue to try and drive its uptake in that in that market. It's a long sales cycle for this because it's very technical sales, so it, it takes quite a considerable period of time for us to ultimately validate the test in a new client's laboratory. But we continue to move ahead with that, and I believe there's still significant headroom for growth in the US. Okay. We have started some of the European markets because the product has uh, a CE mark, which enables you to sell it in the European region. We're currently negotiating with two or three different companies to establish distribution in the big European markets of France, Italy, Spain. Uh, and I'm hopeful that we'll get some arrangements in place in the very near future. 
And the company is also uh, in the process of establishing product registration in the People's Republic of China, which will be, we think, a very, very interesting and very large market opportunity. So that's, we've built a network of distribution and we continue to build a network of distribution for the HDIRT product. And I think, as I said before, there's considerable headroom to grow that particular product as well. Yeah, okay. And, and I, I presume the major customers are the uh, pathology labs themselves? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. For, for that product. Of course, the, the net technology, there's a wide range of potential customers for that particular approach. What sort of addressable markets are, are, are you looking at for both sides of the business? The HTERT market opportunity, it's in the multiples of millions, but obviously you've got to be able to bring it all in. The molecular net technology, that's... The addressable market there is potentially monstrous and it's growing every year. I mean, I think the CAGAR is in the sort of 15 to 20% category, but that market's in the literally in the billions of dollars. Yeah, okay, okay, great, all right. And just turning to some corporate topics, um, Sienna listed in uh, August 2017, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Look, it hasn't been plain sailing, has it? Because um, you listed, I think, at 20 cents a share and now, now the shares are trading at sort of, sort of around four cents last time I looked. You mentioned earlier about sort of the problems life sciences companies face with, with commercialisation. So... Can yeah. we sort of articulate the uh, the turnaround task? Yeah, so I think one of the problems that we we face in Australia is, and it's clearly not unique to uh, to Siena. It's it's we see it similar uh, uh, outcomes in a number of companies that are like Siena, and that is they ultimately have to list because they run out of alternative sources of funding, and yeah. so their only alternative is to go to the to go get listed and go to the market, and you might argue that it's if we were in America, we would never do that. There are alternative sources of funding that would enable us to continue to go until we had had established, if you like, a better, a, a longer and, and stronger track record. So I think that's one of the issues, and I believe that's well understood in the industry in Australia. That a lot of companies probably list earlier than they could or needed to, and then. The share price drifts down, uh, as as has been our case, and then when you need to raise more money, you're raising it from a, a market capitalisation position that is significantly lower than it was. Having yes. said, having said that, we you, we've done our work with um, an organisation called Merchant Capital, and and Merchant Partners have been able to raise uh, money for us in a placement and also a rights issue. So we've think we've put away something in the order of about 3.8 I need to check that number exactly about 3.8 to 4 million so we're actually from a financial point of view we're in pretty good shape we've got about six odd million dollars in the bank we do have revenues and some of the strategies I released a strategy update a couple of weeks ago and I talked very specifically about some of the strategies to grow that that revenue for the bladder cancer test if you know, we can get that up a couple of million, two, three million, that buys us significantly more oxygen when it comes to funding. So, you know, I think the company's financially well positioned. It's clearly undervalued. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very optimistic about where we're going. Yeah, okay. Do you think Sienna did list a bit too early? <laughs> well, it's easy to say that now, isn't it? Um, yes, but, or Harry Hindsight, I guess. Yeah. It? And, I, you know, there were also, the company had been 
been around for quite a while. So there were some shareholders that had been in the stock for a long time. And, you know, honestly, they need to find exits them, you know, where they can either move some of their stock on or not. It's, it's, it's a complicated area. I don't have answers to this, you know, where it is. Um, clearly, clearly, if we could have raised money in other ways, it might have been better to do that. We didn't. We're in the market. So from a positive point of view, what I'm focused on now is, is, is basically driving the revenues for the HDOT program. And I've got three strategies around that. One of them is to become more aggressive with where we position the product from a pricing point of view. The second is ultimately to build, uh, build and launch the product in those big European markets. And the third thing we're doing is, is we're in the process of recruiting some key opinion leaders for a clinical advisory board because having actual clinicians, urologists and scientists as advisors on this, they help define the direction your test's going. They build, can help you build networks and relationships with other key opinion leaders. They can open a lot of doors. For the moment, in some cases, we're not even sure where the door is, but they can <laughs> help a lot with that type of thing. So there are three things that I'm going to be doing in the next couple of months that I expect will lift the sales of H2. And I think that, plus the work we're doing with our net molecular net program, those things, i got a view that if you lay out what your goals are, and you define what success in each of them looks like, and then you move forward and you achieve them, you can go back to the market and say, I said we would do these things. I said this is what success would look like, and I've done that. And my expectation is if you do that, the, the market will value the company appropriately. Yeah, okay. And just with uh, just with pricing, I mean, how important is that aspect? Uh, you know, can you claim to be the, uh, you know, a better test at a premium price or... Does it all come down to uh, the labs uh, and, and other clients uh, basically not not being willing to pay more, even though it, even though it is a better test? The short answer to that question is both of those comments are correct. The key here, though, Tim, is that the laboratory gets paid what it gets paid, so they get reimbursed for performing the test. We need to understand what that looks like in the whole value chain, and if our pricing is too aggressive, it doesn't matter how good your test is. If the lab can't make any money out of it, it won't use it. So sense is that we've probably, we may have been, it's easy to look at, look at this after, in hindsight, we may have been too aggressive with that approach previously. So what I'm saying is we need to understand the value chain here completely. What is the laboratory, and it doesn't matter where they are, what are they going to make? What is their distributor going to make? And what are we going to make? And everyone has to make money. If they can't make money, then the test won't take off. And I have a sense that that this is an opportunity for us. If we move, we get a little more flexible with our pricing policy, that we can pick up a significant increase in, in utilisation. And uh, are you, as a company, are you uh, sort of happy to keep uh, flying the Australian flag despite the, uh, the difficulties life sciences companies sometimes have in raising funds here and uh, attracting investor interest? Sure. And, and perhaps I shouldn't have been so critical of of our Australian heritage, because the one one of the things that that is a huge huge incentive and a huge uplift in Australia for companies like ours is the R and D tax incentive. I mean, companies like Sienna probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for that initiative. So uh, that's that's been a really important and valuable step. So I think, having said that, though, 
the big markets for the, in the world are for these sorts of tests, uh, although Australia is an important market, it, it's nowhere near the size of the United States or China or or e, the EU or those sort of those sort of regions. So we have to be global. So Siena actually has a US subsidiary. We have um, three people in the US. One is a commercialization business development person who works with our distributor, but we have. Uh, Dr. Emily Stein is actually the inventor of the molecular net, CNNet technology, and, uh, and a scientist, and they work out of a laboratory that we have in Minneapolis, um, um, Minnesota. Okay, great. Uh, well, thanks for that, uh, Carl. A thorough and uh, scientifically uh, rigorous uh, rundown of what uh, CN is all about. So uh, good luck with the uh, uh, turnaround task uh, in uh, 2020. Thanks very much, Tim. I really appreciated the opportunity. A pleasure.